mindset. It's how we see life, people, events, and in some cases, it can even dictate how people see you. The High Frequency Mindset Podcast will help you raise your consciousness and see things in a new light and create new pathways to living better. Host Sally Wagner is a coach and entrepreneur, and she has some answers for you, as well as some soul-searching questions for her guests that will definitely raise your vibe. Here's Sally. Hi, everybody. I'm Sally Wagner, and welcome to the High Frequency Mindset Podcast. And today, I'm very happy to welcome our guest, Jonathan Kogan. Jonathan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm very happy to have you here, and I'm especially eager to hear what you do and what you write about the ownership economy. What is that? Can you describe that to everybody? Uh, absolutely. So um, there's this amazing thing going on where people may have heard of the creator economy, which is where uh, people can write newsletters on Substack, have podcasts on Patreon, uh, all sorts of, of tools that you can use to monetize what you're passionate about. Um, and the ownership economy is taking that and it's combining it with what's going on with uh, what's referred to as crypto. People may know Bitcoin, blockchain technology. Um, and the ownership economy is essentially allowing people to or enabling people to be their own business, to be their own um, entity, their own brand, and have uh, you know have sole custody of their IP and their all their information, which is never usually there's a gatekeeper or you need to get a uh, you know pass someone to get your music out, whatever it might be. Um, and now uh, with crypto, you can easily have your own audience directly. You don't, you know, you're not contingent on the platforms. You own the platform. You are, if you use it, like you use a Facebook, a decentralized version, you would be a owner of it. So you can't be deplatformed, for instance. And so it's a security for the, for individual sovereignty. And then, you know, no code and creator uh, economy combined with that is what I refer to as the ownership economy. I love that. So it's a direct line between the provider and the consumer, so to say, without all the middle people in between. A hundred percent. In fact, I'll just reference it quick. There's uh, a legendary article um, by Kevin Kelly who founded the magazine Wired called A Thousand True Fans. It's been revised since then to a hundred true fans. And you just need to find on this whole internet, which there's not even, a, there's a billion people that aren't even on it yet, that if you just consistently produce some sort of content, unless you're really boring, like really boring, but usually, I mean, there's a hundred people in this world that would drive two hours to come eat dinner with you or would pay $50 to see you speak. You just need a hundred of them to pay you a hundred bucks a month. And you're, you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, that is very, very real. And I want people to learn that because I get, I get really upset when I see people really unhappy doing something that they do more than what they do in their personal life. Work is like 50% of your life and yeah, more. Yeah. Like, so I, I, wanna, I want people to be authentically happy. That's, and if I could play a small role, I'm going to do that. 
That's fabulous. And, and I think a lot of people are coming to that conclusion and decision for themselves with the mass resignation that we're hearing about. Uh, you know, the past two years have really awakened people in different ways. And uh, good and bad. What? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and the good ways are what you're describing. You know that people are like, why am I doing this? Uh, why why am I not doing something that brings me joy and makes me come alive? Right. It, it's amazing that it, I, it's kind of sad that it takes such a catastrophic catastrophic event for that to yeah that yeah. thought to pop in. So I I want to be able to have people have that thought in a more, you know, general way of like, listen, I'm not happy. That's odd. I could be happy. Let me decide to do things that lead me to be happy. Yeah. You know, it, it shouldn't take this horrible thing that's happened and affected so many lives, but right. yes, there's absolutely a, a lot of positive that came out of it. And I believe that actually the more uh, pain or, or suffering or hardship you go through, Actually, this is a, a science uh, from Anna Lemke uh, out of Stanford uh, that uh, your pain and pleasure skills have to equal each other. Yeah. So if you feel really, really, really good for a long period of time, you're going to have a few days of being, you know, not feeling so good. And that's normal. And people who go through really tough lows have the potential actually to reach highs that people who don't have any adversity can achieve or can't even get to. So there's a lot of good that comes out of the end. Yeah, it's kind of the, the concept of the post-traumatic growth, you know, uh, for depending on resilience of the individual, uh, people experience a traumatic event. And we've collectively experienced that over the couple past couple of years. And, and people who experience that and have the resilience then use that as the springboard for growth in all different kinds of ways. Uh, yeah, I, I it, it, it's all the, the hardest thing is do you, it's the resilience. Can you get, you know, some people don't aren't able to get through that. It's hard. Yeah. It's supposed to be hard, but mm -hmm. the ones that do, I almost think it's like unanimous that they all go on to achieve bigger, better things or things that are more important to them or achieve some sort of hat. Like they're the long-term result is way in favor of the positive compared to the negative. Like, I think it's so disproportionate. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Kelly McGonigal. Uh, she, uh, her specialty is uh, gaming psychology, and, and I'm probably way oversimplifying what she does, but she has a PhD in psychology. I'm sorry, I, I may have misspoke. Uh, her sister is Kelly. Jane McGonigal is the one who writes on this, and she wrote a book called Super Better, and she talks about resilience and how we can build resilience. So it's not just something that something we're born with uh, is something that we can actually develop and build. And, um, and that's, and it, is that like a fun, is that a universal like truth or like, do you think it's a learned thing? I think some people have it, you know, just like some people have certain gifts sure. and abilities and we can learn it. And yeah. I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, a lot of, unfortunately people's inner voices tell them the opposite yeah. and have this fear and you know we're here we're here right now the chances of being human are like one in quadrillion and like like just the gratitude of having this chance like to play this game of life like just mm -hmm. 
go for it. I mean, what yeah. do you have to lose? I mean, it's a, you're already at the highest of high. Like, just go for it and fulfill what you want to fulfill. Don't live out the opinions of others. Exactly. And, and that's what the resilience is about, right? To be able to overcome all of those messages. You, you hit on that just a moment ago. Uh, we have all that programming. I call it mind apps, like on your phone, right? All these mind apps, uh, paradigms that we get from society and family and friends and all other sources that tell us a certain way that we should be, a certain way that we have to be to be worthy. And it's nonsense. We, we, we need to get rid of all those. If, yeah. fact, if you went to, if you went the opposite of what it said, you yeah. might make the best decision hundred percent of the time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's so many studies that show that the uh, woman Jane Ware did uh, hospice work with people at end of life. And the number one regret expressed at the end of life is I wish I'd had the courage to live the life that I wanted to live instead of what was expected of me. And and there's another study of mid-career professionals, same thing. I wish I'd had the courage to pursue my own studies and my own interests instead of what was expected of me. So there's definitely a theme there, right? Our greatest joy, as you said, comes from doing what we want to do instead of what's expected of us. And, and being able to connect, you said two really, really important things I think that's important to call out which is one the first part you were saying, you know, from society, from people, that means it was learned. That means the opposite can be learned. Exactly. That's what it means. Yes. And, yes. Right? and, yeah. the, uh, and then the second part um, with the, with the hospice, uh, you touched on my, probably my only fear, definitely my biggest fear. And my biggest fear in life is being 80 years old and saying, I should have, or I, I yeah. could have, you you're not going to go back, but if you're 40, if you're 30, if you're 50, if you're, if you're 65, 70, like you still have a good 20 years of good health, you know, mm-hmm. you know, God hoping God willing. And, uh, like you still have time, you know, 80, I'd say you're probably running out of time, but, uh, but like if you're 50 and a lot of people think, Oh, it's way too late. R- really? Really? You, what are you gonna do for the next 40 years? Right. Yeah, it's never too late, right? And no. and what you were saying, it's uh, it's not what we don't know that holds us back. It's what we do know that's not true that holds us back. And so the solution is not to learn more. The solution is to unlearn what we know that's not true. Very wise statement. Yes, yeah. that is. That so is- I, I, I'm really curious about how you work with people uh, because you have such a passion for what you do. And I just absolutely love that. So how do you work with people and, and encourage them to do that, that we've just been talking about? I try to avoid them at all costs. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, so I don't have like some people might say like, you know, they act this way at work, this way at home. I, I have a truth and I'm, I'm me. I, I don't know how to do that. Uh, so for better or for worse, probably, um, you know, I just have some core fundamental principles that I just won't waver from. And, you know, those would be um, authenticity, um, you know, being honest, um, being, you know, being straightforward, but in a way with kindness. So you can say, something about a billion different ways the same thing 
but you could say it so many different ways and you can choose to say it with kindness, but a lot of people just aren't, you know, don't say anything at all to, you know, an individual that it, it would help them learn and grow. It's actually doing a disservice, you know, even if it, it's short-term friction. And so I just try my best for people I work with, people who work for me um, to do what I can that aligns our, their personal goals, their authentic personal goals mm -hmm. and with company goals. And if those two can be in sync, which is difficult. And of course there's trade-offs here and there, like that's a non-negotiable for me because I don't want someone to do something just because or for a paycheck, like that's, they're not going to be happy. And most likely then they won't be good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, I just, um, you know, I'm not like this smart or, you know, like super excelled person in any area. I just try to lead with kindness set by, you know, actions speak louder than words. And, you know, I, I always say doing the right thing is always the right thing. And um, it's really simple stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's that alignment, right. With your values and which, which requires you to first know what those are. And I think that's where a lot of people are missing the boat. They don't really know what they value because of that programming we talked about. It, that's, and that's, what's so sad. And I, I think now more than ever though, I'm just an optimist by nature. And so maybe uh, I might be a borderline delusional optimist, uh, for sure. Um, but I believe people are unlocking that more now than ever, whether that be the advancement of, you know, more naturopathic, you know, solutions and, you know, it, connecting with nature as, you know, we are seemingly getting way further away from that. People oddly want to go into the woods, you know, play in the dirt, like, 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 don't, don't be behind a screen and have things clean. Like that's not healthy, right? Just connect with, there's the energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Like that's, we know that. And yeah. so like what you put out into this world, it, it's a crazy idea, ready? If you're kind to people, this crazy thing is going to happen where almost hundred percent of the time people will be kind to you. Yeah. It's wild. I know it's a crazy thing. Some people call it karma, but it's true. And what you put and. Give more than you, than you take as you think, you know, you think taking you would accumulate more. It's actually not, it's not, that's false actually in, in life. The more you give 100%, you absolutely will just end up getting more. And that's it, 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 like, you gotta, you gotta be selfish though before you're selfless though. Yeah. You do yeah. gotta connect and find your values. You do need to scratch your own itch and because a lot of people want to jump to, I want to help others. I want to help others when they don't even know their own values or they're not aligned with what they want to do, but I'm going to help others. You can't help anyone until you help yourself. So that is ridiculous. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. So yeah. finding ways to connect with those values, I think are a fundamental core to achieve long-term happiness. Absolutely. And, and that does need to come first. And you're right. We do need to address ourselves before we can really help others and be available to them. And I mean, it's like, you know, when you're on the plane and the oxygen mask drops, you put it on yourself first. And uh, that's, that's kind of how it is in life. You, you put your oxygen mask on first and then you can help others. Yep. And, and it, it, it's not wrong. Some people think it's bad. Like to be, oh. no, no, you, you be as selfish as you can be until you find your truth and do what you're, you know, want to do. 
And then you're going to be able to help anybody. And it's just going to come from a place of authenticity because you figured yourself out, self-awareness. I would love to see that infused in the world a little bit more. Absolutely. I think that's what you said is so true about every, you know, energy being neither created nor destroyed. Um, Yeah, I I think it it used to be when I studied physics, the sum total of mass and energy can because you can convert. And yet now we know that everything is energy, right? Mass is just energy vibrating at a different lower frequency. Everything is energy. And so what you're saying is so consistent with that. You know, when you put out kindness, when you put out those kinds of energies, that's what you're going to get back. Yeah. And, and, and the best part about that, of what you just said, is you get to choose what that is. People don't, there's only two things in life you can control, in my opinion, your actions and your thoughts. Now, you may not think you can control your thoughts, but that's just because you haven't learned how to control your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You can control your thoughts and therefore you could control your life. Absolutely. And it goes back to that programming we were talking about, the mind apps. You know, we have these mind apps that just kind of kick in when we're in certain situations and they get triggered and activated and we're running on autopilot most of the time. And yet it is possible to take back conscious control over our thoughts, our choices, everything in life. And, and it takes some effort to do that. Oh, it takes, it, it, it's a daily, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, yeah. you know, you got to have the help, like just make your bed in the morning. You know, people want to go successful tend to make the bed in the morning. Those yeah. who don't seem to be a little, you know, less, that's a very small thing, yeah. but you do these really small, almost they seem meaningless incremental improvements yeah. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, like from James Clear and Atomic Habits, you're 30% better. Like Exactly. It's, it's amazing. It's because it becomes your system and your process of daily steps that take you in the right direction. It, it, I, I just think people don't have a healthy relationship with time. Yeah. And people think you hear life is so short and all that stuff. It's really not it's really pretty long. It's really long. Like just, we're all, you're here, you were here yesterday. You've been here a while, like things, and you still got a lot ahead of you. Like yeah. life's long. You can always change. And, but you're not going to take a, a, a magic uh, supplement that you swallow in the next day. No, it, it's, it's going to take weeks, months, but it'll at, but if you stick with it, these mm-hmm. it change your habits, it will change your subconscious and i mean i've i've worked with people who are uh who've been through the worst traumas you can um, imagine people that things should people should not experience like the low like the hardest of heart and they've i've seen them get through what they went through and come out the other side like uh, they can they're helping like thousands of people just being themselves and having sharing their story i mean it's like it's all possible and the only thing that can limit you is yourself. Absolutely. Good news, which is good news, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It, good news, bad news, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, we have those voices in our heads that pull us down and pull us back and uh, are, are not moving us in the right direction. And, and that's the task to, you know, silence those voices and give voice to the other ones that are encouraging and uplifting and moving us forward. 
you dealt with that personally? Like, like had like a, maybe like a bad inner voice in the past. And oh then... yeah, absolutely. Does, don't we all, I, you know, yeah. that well, mine yeah. is, I call it the snarky six-year-old, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you know, that's so, great. you know, we have all these wonderful affirmations that we say, oh, I'm successful, I'm this, I'm that. And then the snarky six-year-old <laughs> says, yeah, you wish, or, <laughs> or in your dreams, or yeah, right. You know, all of those things that mm-hmm. we, we <laughs> tell ourselves. And, and so the challenge is to overcome that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of my big things was I have to be perfect. Do I really? No, that's not true. That, that's what I was saying earlier. It's not what we don't know <laughs> that holds us back. It's what we do know that's not true. The, the idea that we have to be perfect holds us back from a lot of things in life. Um, and and so I think that's a pretty common one. A lot of people have that. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Just be curious, ask questions. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, I mean, you you have nobody is born perfect, right? At anything except maybe are perfectly perfectly programmed to eat and cry, you know. Uh, beyond that, that, that's pretty much it. Everybody, we need to give ourselves enough grace to suck at something long enough to get good at it. So that's that's yeah, the only yeah. way we can do it. We, and as you said, be curious. Uh, that reminds me, it's like. Oh, wow. This person is an overnight success. Just 20 years in the making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like people just don't see what happens behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the, you know, the, the old saying, the duck on the water, it looks still. And then underneath they're just paddling like crazy. Um, and, and that kind of reminds me what you said early on about the, the thousand true fans, the hundred true fans. I, I think, um, Sometimes we we overestimate how wide our exposure and our sphere needs to be in order to achieve success, whatever that means to us. And and really, it's not appealing to the millions and the billions. It's appealing to those core fans, right, that we really connect with energetically. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, like like you want like, in my opinion, you want to be as niche as possible. Yeah. Like you want to be like, not like, let's say we have podcasts, not, not only you talk about sports and let's say you don't even talk about basketball, but you talk about the Cavs and then you talk about like the, when the, like the, the best player and you know, like you go as niche and you become the person for that topic. Like you're the, the market in the world will come to you. Yeah. Like that's it. But it has to be aligned with your truth. Otherwise it's very difficult to be really great at something. Um, and it's definitely not as fun. Right. Yeah. If, if it's something that you don't like and it doesn't light you up from inside, then it's, it's not going to connect with other people because they know why? that. And why do you want to have a billion fans? Like, like what's so, why is that? Is it yeah. like, think about why you want that. Is it because you want money? Oh, you want money? Well, what do you want to buy? Oh, I don't yeah. want to buy it. Well, like, you know, like put things yeah. in the context. And it may not actually be something you want, but like a hundred people on this entire internet is not that crazy of a thing. And you will see people that like take pictures of red birds and make a hundred thousand dollars a year teaching classes on how to, you know, take pictures of red birds or draws red birds, like the most wild things, like they exist. You're not, you are definitely not the only one. Feeling yeah, that yeah. way or interested in that, no one's alone in anything. I really believe that. Yeah. 
And that's kind of the, the blessing and the curse of uh, social media and internet and all that, right? Uh, it, it lures us in and it, it has a tendency to disconnect us from others around us. And yet at the same time, it connects us to people who are like-minded. And, it, you know, how, how would we find those 100 other people, 99 other people who love red birds, except for that? Right. It, you're, it's, a, that's a, it's a complicated thing because um, yeah. there's nothing that will ever replace, I don't know why you'd want to, but the human, human interact, like mm-hmm. that energy, is, you feel that, like, think about it. When you're talking to someone, you, you feel if you're on the same page or if things are awkward, like that's energy. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's m- much more difficult to have it like this as opposed, like, if we were a person, maybe we'd have a totally different kind. Con- who knows? But we are social creatures. Human connection is never going to, never supposed to be replaced. And so it's great to find these people. And the internet has enabled freedom for a lot of people. And crypto's taking that to a whole new level. People, you know, to have to control your wealth, let's say, um, your money, just you, not a bank. Um, there's a big deal in a lot of countries. We don't think about that here, but there's a lot of governments that have people kind of tied up financially or economically. Um, and a hundred true fans, by the way, is a, a lot of people that think about it. Like if you're, you're going to engage with these people on a regular basis, like they want to talk to you, you want to talk to them. And however that may be a hundred people is a lot. So why you want a billion yeah. I don't know. I, I think twice about that one. Yeah, exactly. I, and I think that goes back to the whole idea of values. You know, is it valuable because we deem it to be worthy of us or is it because somebody told us it should be important to us? You know, why is it important to have millions and millions of people uh, when a uh, hundred people, you know, no, really because connected. the media says that that no, you want to have, you need to be the a bit the rich. You need to be richer than Elon Musk. You need to have yes. more fans than the Rock. You just yes. question things. Just question. Absolutely. Okay. And yeah. come to your in in have your own individual thought because you're and and come to your own conclusions to what's best for you in your life because no one knows what's best for you except you. Yeah, and asking those questions is such a skill. You know, I, I, so many times we're taught what to think, not how to think. And so when you really start learning to think, you start questioning. And oh, that's yeah. so important. It, that, that's interesting. You, you said it's a skill, um, which is also good news, that, which means you can learn it <laughs> as Absolutely. well. Yeah, it's all A skill. common theme. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, I think there's this thing that's kind of related to that, which is, I think people overestimate like what they can do in like a week, but disproportionately underestimate what you can do in like three years. Absolutely. That's not a long period of time at all. Think about it. Last year, they went really fast. Well, maybe we should probably use a different three-year set, but but like, you know, when you're 15, then you're 18 or whatever it might be, or 25 and 28, you know, um, it's not long, but what you can accomplish in a year is I tend to see people totally underestimate that. Mm-hmm. And then what they could do in a day, a week, a month, six months, 
they are they overestimate. They're yeah. like so weird. But uh and that comes back to a relationship with time. Uh like it's it's all a choice uh, for most people, at least probably people for listening listening to this podcast. And um, you know, that gratitude will fuel you if once you've come to that conclusion and, and that will give you energy. And it does. It'll get you to where you want to go. Yeah, it's very energizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were talking about time, I, I thought about a, a, a mind hack that I use, uh, I probably everybody uses in coaching, you know, because we do underestimate how much we can accomplish in a year or two or three. And so when you're asking someone to expand their mind and think about what can you accomplish, what are your goals and objectives, you ask them to go out at least three years uh, because then it, it kind of unlocks that that programming, you know, of, of, well, I think I could do this in a year. But beyond that, wow, it just opens up all the possibilities. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, 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 you know, because of the way our subconscious works. And, and that's what's so powerful because you, yeah. a lot of the things that you do, you don't know what you're just doing it. It's yeah. in your subconscious and to reprogram your subconscious is a very tough thing. But, yeah. you know, you know, meditation and, you know, mm-hmm. like I love to go floating, like just little things like that on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. It'll add up. It'll work. Just It does. Help. Yeah. I, I uh, work with people with EFT, emotional freedom techniques and uh, neuro-linguistic programming uh, oh. to really kind of uh, bypass and really accelerate that process for people um, because it, it's amazing. Uh, when you tap into that power uh, and you become conscious of the choices you're making, it's what a game changer. And how awesome is that when you see that breakthrough, like it's not even happening to you, but you, you get someone yeah. to that point. Doesn't that feel almost better than when you, you come into the real, it's way better, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can <laughs> see it. You, I mean, people change physically. Uh, and, and I know when I tell that to people, they're like, what? Um, definitely true. It's true, though. I mean, everything about them, their countenance, uh, you know, old fashioned word, but it, it truly changes. You can see and how they hold themselves. It's, it's very different. Uh, amazing thing to see. You're hundred percent right. And, and you're not crazy for saying that people change. <laughs> I, I actually think it might be in the literature that they do change physically. Like it definitely the way you stand, like, yeah, yeah you, it's a, it's a different light. It, it's an energy. It's the same thing. It is. Yeah. But, and there are even studies that, and I'm getting a little far afield here, and I know we probably need to wind up, but <clears throat> there are studies that show that uh, your, your mindset so to say, uh, can actually affect the length of your telomeres on your DNA strands, which can in turn uh, determine how susceptible you are to inflammatory disease. And so how we think truly affects us at a DNA level and manifests in our bodies and in our lives. Oh, definitely. I like if you if you constantly fear of getting a cold, you're likely to get a cold. Like what you think about this is crazy. It's going to do exactly what you said, and it's going to manifest yeah. itself. Yeah, because that's what we. That's how it works. You think about it, then it becomes in the subconscious, and then it becomes natural yeah. actions. But um, you know, it's it's just never too late. 
is is a core thing to know. I don't, you know, like, for example, my dad's 66 and unfortunately had like a bicycle accident like a year ago and and they thought he wouldn't walk again or move his arms and he's a dentist and like can use his hands and he worked at it every day they, and, and did all the stuff. And, you know, at 66, you can give up or be like, you know what, I can retire, whatever. Yeah. Now he was back to work in, in like three months. And wow. now yeah. I, I would say he's 100% recovered, but maybe 99.9 or whatever. Yeah. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened literally with these small, just little, like 15 second exercise for months and months and months. They, our brains aren't wired to think about compounding very easily we don't understand the effects of compounding and right. that's what it does that habits compound each other and yeah. so like the really good example is like if warren buffett retired at 65 you wouldn't know who he is he would have he would have 11.9 million dollars okay at 65 okay over 99 percent of his wealth came after the 65 that's compounding it's 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 like saying there's two like algae at the bottom of a lake right Mm-hmm. And each day it doubles for, for one month on, for 30 days. On what day is half the lake full? Yeah. You know the answer? No. 29, the day before. <laughs> that, it, it goes that yeah. quickly. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. That's how compounding works. And it, it happens the same way in habits, which is writing in a journal one day, two days, three days, you know, that doesn't do anything, but you know, uh, nine months down the road, mm-hmm. all that ends up being like compounds to a way that your whole attitude changes, you know, or like doing like, it, it, you just got to stick with it, persevere. And, and, and your inner voice may tell you something like, it's not working or stop. Like, you know, this isn't going to work because a month you might feel no different, but I I really guarantee you, and you can contact me online if this doesn't work or whatever, but just do healthy habits, whatever those might be for your problem or whatever you want to do. You do that for a year and you tell me that you're not in a better place Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll pay for a vacation anywhere you want to go. (laughs) Okay. Everybody write in your calendar. That's a fabulous offer. Yeah. And, and what you're saying is exactly right, because, you know, when we focus on a goal too much, then we're going to get discouraged and we're going to quit. And yet when we do the daily activities, when we have that system and process in place, that's something we do every single day, we're going to get there. And, and we succeed every day because we're moving in the right direction. So that's, well, that's, that's, not yourself. that's where the focus belongs, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like that's where you can get really micro because usually you want to think long term, which is yeah. a tough thing to do. I get it. Like yeah. you don't know if you'll be here tomorrow, but guess what? Odds are you're not only gonna be here tomorrow, you're gonna be here for a long, long time. So yeah, like, decades. You know, and you can prepare yourself to, you know, not it's it, it's like the regret minimization framework almost. Like mm-hmm. the at 85 years old or, you know, when this podcast will be online forever. So when you're 105, however long people are living, um, you don't want to have regrets because that you can't change there. 
at least there's no time machine I know of yet. But while you're, but before that point, you can, and that's a choice. That is a decision. And that's a decision that's made every day with the habits that you choose to indulge in and not indulge in probably not the best word, but um, what you do is who you are. Yep. That's absolutely true. So I, I have two more questions for you. Okay. First question is, uh, and, and a little uh, sidetrack uh, in my coaching, I talk about uh, MSG. That stands for Mindset, Skill Set, Get Off Your Asset. Uh, it, it incorporates a lot of very important principles. And, and we've touched on all of those in our discussion today. So what overarching principle or idea would you look at in your life and in your business that you believe has contributed to your success? Um, I would say empathy. I would say um, always kind of understanding, you know, the other side, always be willing uh, you know, the best I can, um, listen, uh, you know, do what's in the best interest of the team of everyone and not individual success. There's no such, no one ever makes it by themselves. That just doesn't happen. Right. But people come from all walks of life and, uh, all different experiences. Like when the way I grew up, I thought everyone grew up this way, but they don't. And it's very different where you are and having empathy for people because like, you know, someone might yell at you and for something at the bank when you're at the ATM, but they're not yelling at you. They're going through something like it's something inside. They're projecting most of the, That's what it is. And instead of firing back, like have some empathy for that. Like there's something going on and you'll find that that you have a better relationship with people. You build much better teams. Your, the communication is much better. So then you get more done. You get the work is better. It's done on time. People trust each other, which is the foundation of any successful venture, in my opinion. Yeah, and, um, and I think that I, you know, I've been thinking about this actually recently, but I think that comes from empathy and also kindness as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And, and that is the foundation for so many things that we've talked about uh, with resilience and the gratitude and everything else is that empathy to be able to understand others' perspectives. As best you can, you know, just not, you don't know how anyone feels, you know, so you got to ask and, yeah. and listen, you got to listen. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about what you're going to say next. Listen. That's a huge skill right there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's imperative. Yeah. Okay, last question. How can people get in touch with you? Uh sure. So, uh I have a new podcast and newsletter. Uh it's um ownershipeconomy.substack.com. People might have the Substack app. Uh uh great platform. So, ownershipeconomy.substack.com. All my links and stuff are on there. Um, and I'm sure there'll be something in the show notes, but check yeah. out ownershipeconomy.substack.com. You can watch the videos uh, and the podcast is 
in case you forgot the ownership economy. And I just started it. I'm trying to grow it. And podcasting is really hard. <laughs> so <laughs> I respect you. It's difficult <laughs> to keep up with. It, but um, but yeah, that's that's uh, where people can find me. And awesome. I'll respond to anyone if they reach out. Yeah, fabulous. So everybody, make sure you check the show notes because all of that information will be there. And Jonathan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Allie. I really, really appreciate it. And I have absolutely loved our conversation. I feel like we could just talk for days and (laughs) still have tons of things to talk about. Talk about authentic. I thought this was fantastic. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you check us out next time at High Frequency Mindset Podcast. Mm -hmm.